Grace, mercy, and peace be to you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, does it feel like Christmas yet? The weather outside is frightful. The fire and our candles will soon be delightful. And the snow, the snow, the snow, well, at least it's cold out, right? When I think about Christmas, the fondest memories I have are often of the the candlelight services singing Silent Night with the earthly and heavenly chorus. There's, there's something about that experience that just feels like Christmas. Silent Night, Holy Night. Well, this is a holy night for sure, but not because of nostalgia, but because of the eve of our Lord's birth. But is tonight... A silent night. Now, parents with kids, is it ever a silent night or really a silent anytime? You know the drill of getting them up, dressed into the car, out the door, and it's never silent. When you want to get them somewhere on time, it is inevitable that someone will have a meltdown, someone will have a tantrum, and someone will probably just start making random loud noises just because they can. Rarely is it a peaceful day or a silent night. Now, I know that not all of you have kids, but you're probably still longing for some peace and a silent night. The constant stream of bad news, world events, national headlines, they all raise anxiety and fear in your hearts and your minds. The cacophony of constant conflict is like nails on a chalkboard to your soul. What next? Where next? If only there could be a break, a truce, some peace on earth among the nations. In our nation in particular, it's not a silent night, is it? Others of you are sitting here this evening trying to be present in the moment and soak up all the the Christmas feelings. But there's another voice in your head that's drowning out the carols and the hymns. It's the chorus of doctors and nurses who are singing a refrain loud and out of tune, listing your maladies, your treatment options, and your odds of survival. The melody of your mortality is the earworm, and it hasn't been a peaceful week, let alone a silent night. Tonight, the sanctuary is filled with the sound of Christmas greetings by friends and familiar faces, but but after the service, as you get into your car and you drive home, the silence is deafening. Instead of hearing the voice that you long for, the voice of maybe an estranged relative or a friend that you long to be reconciled with, The voice of a loved one who is at rest in the Lord. Or even the the chaos of children's cries that you haven't been able to care for. You hear instead the idle of the engine and the fan blowing heat into your car. Your heart isn't at peace and this isn't the silence that you wanted this evening. This evening you all come with your own burdens, your own concerns, your own cares your own hurts and disappointments, not to mention your own sin. But you come to this place of all nights because you are hoping for something more. You are looking for someone, anyone, to proclaim good news of great joy for you, and especially for you. 
When dear friends in Christ, let me assure you, you're in the right place. Long before there was a threat of terror in the land, while Quirinius was governing, gover, governing in Syria, a Roman peace existed. By and large, the warfare that had established the Roman Empire had ended. And it was begrudgingly accepted by the Jews that the Roman rule under Caesar Augustus was here to stay. The citizens of Jerusalem were being ruled by a king that was not in the line of David and who was in league with Rome. This king, Herod, went by the designation Great and was concerned more about his self-preservation and self-promotion rather than the care of the people. And yet with all that going on, life went on fairly quietly. Taxes were demanded. Censuses were taken, meals were shared, families gathered, sometimes to bury their dead, sometimes to to welcome new life into the world. It so happened in those days that a man and his pregnant wife-to-be were required by the Roman government to travel from their home in Nazareth to Bethlehem so that they could be registered for tax purposes. And while they were in Bethlehem, the time came for the child to be born. Not in a hospital, not even in a home, but in a stable, probably a stone cave that housed the animals. From the cave came the sounds of the mother's labor mixed with the noise of the animals and the cries of the infant who were wrapped in cloths and laid to rest in a manger from where the animals would eat. It wasn't a peaceful day, and I can assure you it was not a silent night. Not far away, there were shepherds who were vigilantly keeping watch for threats to their flock. Their eyes were scanning the horizon, looking for the sights of predators lurking in the shadows, their ears straining over the bleeding of sheep to hear the sounds of danger. The shepherds, if anything, were hoping for a peaceful evening and a silent night, but that's not what they got. The darkness of night gave way to the brilliant light of God's glory. Behold, an angel of the Lord. They fell down in fear. Of all the things that they were looking for, this was not what they expected to see that night. And then God's messenger spoke. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, the Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This is the sign that this is so. You will find the child wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Now before the shepherds could question why their Savior would be laying where the animals ate, more angels appeared before them, hundreds of them, all singing in heavenly harmony. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Of all the things that the shepherds expected to hear that night, this was not it. That night on the Judean hillside was anything but silent. The shepherds left their flocks, hurried to Bethlehem, and found it all as the angel had said. What about you? 
How is it that this ancient story about angels and shepherds and a baby born in a cave halfway across the world has any bearing on your life this evening? Let me tell you some good news of great joy. First, that the Christ child was born into a family not unlike yours. There were the fears, the hopes, the expectations that his parents experienced. Mary, as you remember, treasured all these things up that the shepherds were saying. They knew the late nights and the early mornings to feed and change their infant son. They knew what it was like to raise a teenager. They knew the anxiety of losing their child in a crowd and the questions about what would happen to him as they wondered who he was with and what he might be doing. Parents, the good news is that Jesus knows your family. And he understands what it is to be part of a family. All the joys, the fears, the hopes, and the struggles that go along with it. Next, Jesus was born into a world that suffered. There were political upheavals. There was murder and terror. Remember that that Herod the Great One, when he heard that a king was born, ordered the death of every male child two years old and under in Bethlehem and in all the surrounding region. At the climax of his ministry, Jesus experienced firsthand the trampling of justice by the government and the harm that came from religious zealots. The good news is that Jesus doesn't just experience suffering, He has come to do something about it. Third, Jesus was born into a world where sickness and death seemed to reign. As a man, the lepers and the lame, the blind and the beggarly sought him out so that he might heal them. He knew the sorrow of death's parting as he wept for a friend or mourned at Joseph's grave. The good news is that Jesus knows sickness and death, pestilence and pandemics, and he was born to do something about it. And finally, Jesus was born into a world that knew the silence of loneliness. Even in the popularity of the later years of his ministry, he was surrounded by people who simply wanted something from him. The disciples, those who were closest to him, denied him and fled from him in his hour of greatest need. The good news is that Jesus knows your loneliness. And he was born to do something about it. Jesus was born into this world of sorrow, sickness, and sin, of loneliness, separation, and silence, Not simply to experience it in his life, but to bear its weight on his shoulders and to do something about it. Look, even here at Jesus' birth are foreshadows of how and what he would do. Three decades after the angels shattered the silence of that night announcing Jesus' birth, Jesus himself would willingly suffer at the hands of those he came to save. 
the shouts of crucify would shatter the silence of that Friday afternoon. He would hang naked as the day that he was born in front of his mother and those who came to see the spectacle of a public execution. And he would be wrapped again in cloths and laid in a cave on a stone bed, not among animals, but among the dead. He would enter into the womb of the earth and be buried with the weight of the world's still, uh, sin still clinging to his cold, lifeless corpse. I'm sure that night of the Sabbath was a silent night. No preaching, no teaching, no miracles or signs, at least not that anyone would desire, no free meals or instant cures, just silence until Sunday morning. When the women go to the tomb to anoint the corpse of Jesus, the angels again break the silence. Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, he has risen. Their hearts were filled with joy and with wonder at this news as the shepherds decades before, and they ran and they told others. If you think about it, these women were announcing the rebirth of Jesus. Just as the womb of the virgin would give way to the life of a child, so too did the womb of the earth give way to Christ, the life of all the living. The work of Jesus' salvation had been accomplished. Out of the very place of death, life is given. This is good news of great joy for all. This is good news of great joy for you. And it is nothing to remain silent about. Rejoice in the Lord. Jesus was born for you. Jesus died for you. Jesus rose for you. And soon the weight of this world's burdens will be lifted. Soon there will be peace on earth. Soon all the nations shall see their Savior. Soon Christ the King will come to raise you up, and you will see him in all his glory. Soon you will see the heavens rend, and you will hear the whole host of heaven singing glory to God in the highest, and your voice will join theirs. Your voice will join them then because tonight in the sanctuary your voices join theirs in faith. Your voice joins the shepherds in Bethlehem on that dark Christmas Eve. Your voice joins the women's at the tomb that resurrection morning. The silence of this night has been broken and in the best way possible. For Christ Jesus has been born to save us from our sin. The manger is now empty, and so is the tomb. And that is good news of great joy worth sharing. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, the King who is born to save us from our sin. Amen.